News time on KCIM. Let's check back in with News Director Nathan Cones. Thank you very much, John, and good morning, everyone. Republican leaders in the Iowa House and Senate say it's likely lawmakers will move up the date. The Iowa personal income tax drops to just one flat rate, but there's no agreement on the governor's call to eliminate the income tax. House Speaker Pat Grassley says the state income tax rate is currently scheduled to drop to 3.9% for the 2026 tax year. We've got about $3 billion in our taxpayer relief fund. That needs to be back in the hands of Iowans as soon as possible. And so I think that's what you're going to see a lot of the conversation around the upcoming months. Grassley says House Republicans believe tax cuts should be sustainable and let the state meet its budget obligations without raising a different tax to make up for lost revenues. Quite frankly, we would, I don't think we should be raising taxes to cut taxes. Senate Majority Leader Jack Whitver says Senate Republicans want to cut taxes as much as possible, as quickly as possible. And I think everyone kind of agrees we want to get the cuts that we put in place, get those expedited. And then the conversation will be, what do we do next? Do we cut it a little bit and then come back next year? Do we cut it a lot? Do we phase it out over time? Do we put some formula in place to, to phase it out? That will be the main conversation. The 2024 Iowa legislative session begins next Monday. Governor Reynolds has said she wants to eliminate the state income tax by January of 2027. She'll outline her legislative agenda during the annual condition of the state address, which is scheduled for next Tuesday. A federal district court has temporarily blocked the implementation of an Iowa law, SF-496, that restricts education about gender identity and sexuality for elementary students and requires schools to remove sexually explicit materials from their libraries. A judge issued that injunction late on Friday, indicating the law likely violates First Amendment protections and was too broad. Governor Kim Reynolds, who advocated for the law during last year's legislative session, issued a written statement in response to the court's ruling. She says, I'm extremely disappointed in Friday's ruling. Instruction on gender identity and sexual orientation has no place in kindergarten through sixth grade classrooms. And there should be no question that books containing sexually explicit content, as clearly defined in Iowa law, do not belong in a school library for children. The fact that we're even arguing these issues is ridiculous. The real debate should be about why society is so intent on over-sexualizing our young children. It's wrong, and I will continue to do my part to protect their innocence. And again, uh, that was a written statement from Governor Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds and Iowa Attorney General Brenna Byrd both signaled their intent to continue pushing for the bill's full implementation. Lambda Legal, the American Civil Liberty Union, uh, Liberties Union of Iowa, as well as Jenner and Block LLP, filed that lawsuit on behalf of Iowa Safe Schools and LGBTQ plus students. While the plaintiff's request for an injunction was approved, the court has yet to issue a final ruling on the constitutionality of the law. And a University of Iowa engineering professor says extreme drought poses concerns about water quality as well as the water supply. David Swerdney is a professor of civil and environmental engineering. Lots of communities are looking at how they can augment their existing supply or find alternative supplies, you know, which is why we really need to take really good care of the resources we have and not have impaired supplies that then can't work. Swartney is director of the University of Iowa's Center for Health Effects of Environmental Contamination. The center was established in 1987 by the Iowa Groundwater Protection Act. When we have a drought, we still have the same types, amounts of chemicals that we're putting into that water, but less water there. Leads to higher concentrations and sometimes greater need for treatment, which can also stresses how water systems need to uh, provide for their communities. Swartney says beyond regional water systems that serve communities and rural residents, 300,000 Iowans rely solely on a private well for their water. 
Many of those are shallow inside, say, the alluvial plains near rivers and creeks. As those start to dry up, then you have homeowners that are on their own because those fall out of most state and federal oversight needing to secure water supplies. And we hear anecdotal tales of um, residents in northwest Iowa who have had their wells run dry, and we're just beginning to think about what that means for the quality and and the reliability of, of well water for private well consumers. Swartney made his comments during a recent appearance on Iowa Press on Iowa PBS. And that is going to be wrapping up your KCIM 7 o'clock news. I'm Nathan Cohns reporting. And of course, we've got some interviews coming up over the next couple of days that are going to kind of set the scene for the legislature coming up. Yeah, we'll have uh, Representative Brian Best coming into the studio tomorrow morning, 8.06, and we'll have Senator Jason Schultz uh, on Thursday morning, same time, 8.06, here on KCIM. Uh, it's been really interesting. I've been fortunate to kind of bump in uh, to to the our local representatives uh, just kind of in passing. Uh, one thing that's been really interesting to hear from them, uh, another issue that's likely to be a main talking point uh, heading into legislative session is kind of the regulation of, of pipelines, liquid carbon dioxide, um, where that's been kind of going. So both uh, Senator Schultz and Representative Best uh, have Shelby County as part of their, their district. Uh, and they say when you go down to Shelby County, it is the issue. It is the issue that uh, everyone is focused on, key concern. And he's like, you go up to some other places, uh, it's kind of just like, a, oh, yeah, that's a thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that, that's an interesting one to hear from because it's just down the road. It's a stone throw, stone's throw away. Uh, but the priority of constituents can change drastically in 30 miles as the crow flies, which I find very, very interesting. Yeah, and what they're going to do, uh, what their stance is on that, uh, the state income tax and all that. So, yeah, and Brian Best, this is his last session. He's not going to be running for re-election again, so we'll be asking him about that, what went into that decision, and why now was the right time for him to step aside. So there's still lots of questions that we uh, need to have answered once again by our elected officials. Yeah, off the top of my head, I don't have his... uh, CV in front of me here, but I, I believe this will be the end of his 10th year in the Iowa House once mm-hmm. he completes this session. It's 10 or 12, and I can't remember off yeah. the top of my head, but um, that is a lengthy time uh, in an elected position. Um, I think uh, I'm guessing here, uh, I would guess he's like, hey, I've done my part. I've been involved. Uh, it's time for somebody else to take the reins is what I'm guessing he'll tell us, but we'll find out directly directly from the horse's mouth, mouth tomorrow. Well, if you if you use the Kirk Ferentz measuring thing, that's he's a, he's a pup, man. He's still a youngster. Come on. I, I don't know if he would agree with that. Um, I'm teasing Brian here a little bit, but last year he came in, he had just had, I believe, it was knee surgery. Yeah, uh, and he, so he was getting around. Uh, definitely not a pup at that point in time. He's much better getting around now for sure. But uh, ten years and it's it's rough. It's not yeah. nearly as easy as people think. It's it stressful. It will take its toll on you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll have to hear from Brian Best tomorrow. Thank you, Nathan, for the news up. Once again, you can get all the local news available on the website through the mobile app anytime you want it, free of charge. And again, lots of folks did in 2023 in tune of over 2 million clicks on our uh, websites as well. So check it all out, 1380kcim.com, or download the mobile app by searching KCIM or Carol Broadcasting in your app store.